Welcome to Confluence of Events, a show about the stories, people, and accidents behind America's most infamous tragedies and marvels. On this episode, the rise of dirty campaigns, prostitute mothers, and a drunken frat party at the White House. Confluence of Events, crazier campaigns. Welcome everybody! Woo. Yeah! Yeah! All right, guys. It's like we never left. <laughs> Here we are, part two, crazy campaigns. We are going to get into the rise of the two-party system and what everybody hates about local politics this episode. Um, but first, um, we have a special guest. You might have heard him last time. Um, crazy campaigns, part one. Uh, Jason Bennett, political consultant of the Seattle and Puget Sound area. Jason, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's go around the table. Uh, Carlo, what are you drinking here? Uh, I have grabbed one of Nick's Kentucky cold snacks. Montucky. (laughs) It has the horse on the front of it. Starts with an M, though. Wow. Uh, It's terrible, but I'm going to drink it. And, uh, oh, political hero, um, Minnesota Senator Al Franken, who <laughs> is hilarious and super progressive. Hmm. All right. Uh, this is Nick, and Carlo and I are doing like a Freaky Friday thing because I am now drinking his bourbon. <laughs> so uh, it's great. Did you guys <laughs> like both wink I at agree. each other at the same time? <laughs> I agree. Uh, Political hero, I would, um, I don't know, I might say like Jerry Brown because he he like was a governor and then he lost to Arnold and then he came back and he's a governor again, right? Yeah. He didn't lose to Arnold. Oh, he got recalled though, right? No. Oh. Different governor. Well, does that change your opinion no, of uh, Jerry Brown? <laughs> That's your hero? <laughs> Who was it that he... Um, Gary the- Condit? Or no, 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 that was a congressman. That guy killed somebody. Mm. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, he, he killed. Kill a, he was it a Gary? Uh, it was a Gary. Chandra Levy yeah. was her yes. name. Oh, we need to do a show about that one. That was a good, that's a good one. Yeah. No, what was the guy? He was the deregulation of energy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Gray Davis. Yeah. Gray Davis. Oh. Yeah. I knew it was Gary or With, Gray. Without googling, <laughs> let the record show. Without Impressive. googling. Brilliant. Uh, so my political hero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Obama. Give me an easy one. Um, can I just say that like no one in politics is my hero? They're all, they're all terrible. Oh, I'm so sorry, Nick. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's your experience. Oh, you are contributing yeah. to the negativity that people feel about politics right now. Ooh. Oh, oh, uh, Teresa Mosqueda, candidate in Seattle's. Uh, Eighth at large district. She's my hero. Running for city council, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There we go. Super broad appeal to the audience, but great. <laughs> Very local. All right. I'm Jason Bennett. I'm having three more sips of my <laughs> Irish death beer since 
I am trying to butch it up for this very butch bro <laughs> brosif fest that we're here. Brocast. Jason, mostly sober right now, I gotta say. I yeah. am. Well, yeah. we need to take your Hudson's coffee away. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together. Uh, and my political hero, uh, Hillary fucking Clinton. Yeah. I love her. Wow, that is brave. I do. Yeah. It's brave. I mean, well, after she lost. She won. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he's right. <laughs> Wow. All right. Uh, Alex here, uh, finishing off my uh, Casamigos uh, Resposado tequila. Uh, Two plugs for Casamigos. That's right, Clooney. If you're listening right now, <laughs> you know where to send that case. Del Ridge Studios, Seattle, Washington. It's all you need to write on the package. It'll, it'll get right to the door. <laughs> signed it. <laughs> um, my political hero. Oh, my goodness. Like Nick said, I, I don't have like I don't look to politics for heroes, but I would say, um, I don't even know. Wow. I, I wasn't even thinking of wow. like uh, JFK, Joe Fitzgibbon. No, <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, I'm surely there was like one. Uh, I, I guess the most fascinating person, which I guess is like a hero in some respects, would have to be FDR. Yeah. So I guess that's my that's political hero. That's yeah. a good one to pick. It's solid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is Dan. I am working my way through another can of America, uh, also known as Budweiser. Uh, How did they get away with this? I know, but its branding is so blatant. Bla- like you, like you know, this is a can of Budweiser. I didn't have to. I knew it, but uh, it, yet you can't find Budweiser on there on the on the front half of the can. Um, and that this is truly America, and that we all know what Budweiser is. It should be called pandering. Yeah, the yeah. brands have won. Everybody, this my God. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'll, I will also change the way I define um, political hero as I guess the most interesting person that I that I, I'm just like love well, to just most learn about. Is Jesse Ventura? Yeah, because just because of how much uh, but all of his ahead. crazy conspiracy theories. Mine's Andrew Jackson. I mean, like just like Trump, he's no, he's terrible. He committed the equivalent of a genocide. But for the sake of learning about him and everything, so literally he does, the opposite <laughs> of the of hero. hero. Let me preface this yeah. with saying <laughs> so, he committed but, genocide, mm-hmm. but he is one of the most entertaining figures to read about and 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 understand. He's like the Punisher in in terms that you understand comic book terms that you mm-hmm. understand. Just just yeah, he's he's kills a lot of people. But is the Punisher a bad guy? He's anti-hero? an anti-hero. Oh, right. He's <laughs> a, he punishes, so it's a good guy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, brings justice on his own terms. Huh. Yeah. Um, but Weird. Uh, so who who are you talking about today, Dan? That exact character, <laughs> Andrew Jackson, and uh, I recently visited Andrew Jackson's uh, uh, home called the Hermitage out in when I was out in Nashville, and I uh, got to learn a little bit about him. And God, I, and I was on his slave plantation, so really regretting saying the hero thing. Um, yeah, interesting definition of hero. I will change hero. I'm gonna you go want to re record that? Dan? <laughs> we can definitely oh, God. do that. No, uh, that is a quote on the episode. Hero Andrew Jackson. Genocidal maniac <laughs> and man who got beats people with canes. Wait, give us a little Nashville flavor, <laughs> well, I, though. You know. Oh, Nashville? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, hit the mean streets in Nashville. Um, trying to, I decided I need to eat at an authentic Nashville restaurant while I'm here. So walked up and down the street for about 40 minutes, finally settling on a name I recognize. Being Bojangles? Like, no. Okay. Um, it was, uh, I, I, I recognize the name of a, a musician. So I decided to go in. It's B.B. King's. 
And I was like, I, I know that name, a uh, famous musician. I don't know any of his music, but great, I will order. I then ordered some ribs to then look at the back of the menu to realize this was a franchise. There are eight of them, and BB King has nothing to do with Nashville. Um, so that was my my fun um, my fun food experience there. And then, but mostly, I just went so I could go to Andrew Jackson's home and kind of learn a little bit about that. But you'll hear about that on a future app because this is not today the last you'll hear of Andrew Jackson on this on this podcast. Thank God. If I have anything to say about it. I would like to change my political hero to Joseph Stalin. <laughs> oh, God. Um, super interesting guy, though. Real interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, while we've completely redefined uh, what a hero is. <laughs> he came from nothing. <laughs> he was a little boy. He got hit by a horse carriage or some shit and got sick. And then now look at him now. Not Uncle Brian. Joe. No, yeah. <laughs> we all know him. So let's get into it. Crazy campaigns. Um, this one significant, I mean, like we, campaigns happen every couple of years, actually every single year, depending if you're talking about local issues, but if you're talking about presidential issues every four years, but I looked to one that sort of redefined the way campaigns are done and might affect modern day. So we are going all the way back to 1824. Um, but this is the origin of the two party system that we all love and celebrate and, and enjoy every four years. Um, this never is, criticize. We never <laughs> no, criticize. We, love it. we don't look at it introspectively. A binary choice is a good choice. <laughs> That's right. Always. How uh, many sports have three teams, four teams fighting against each other? <laughs> Zero sports. Uh, one. <laughs> uh, this is um, the, the rise of dirty campaigning, though you might say that started in 1800, but um, it really hit home starting around this, th- this election. Um, is this, do we have wigs? Not yet. Oh. There, there, there. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll, there will be a party that will become wigs. Or are you asking if they're wearing wigs, or are you talking about the wig party? The wig party. Okay, very. <laughs> I know they're. Did wearing not wigs. know. It's not about World War One video games, so I needed to get Carlo up to speed. <laughs> um, it uh, and then using news media to sort of craft presidential imagery. Um, that was also part of this one. So that we dive in and sort of scout the origins of what we know and hate about presidential campaigns. So. Um, stepping back, let's talk about the era. This is the issues we're dealing with. The War of 1812 is over. That is where America is trying to basically solidify its place as a permanent country, free of England, and we had. So people are starting to move here like gangbusters. That includes half a million slaves. Um, but industry is booming. Um, President Monroe's in office, and he's saying he's, he proclaims his Monroe Doctrine of Europeans stay out, otherwise we're going to get involved. So sort of a standoff, and we're sort of isolationist at the time. It's called the Era of Good Feelings. It's a great doctrine. It's the only doctrine I know, the Monroe Doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People try to define there's Truman Doctrine, there's the, I mean, there's the Bush Doctrine, but um, nobody can really define the Trump Doctrine. Um, they're working on it, though. So long pause. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to name another doctrine, and I, I don't think I can. The shock doctrine. Mm, that was oh, a book. It's a good book. Oh yeah, Naomi Wolf. Yeah. Ooh, good yeah. pull. All right. Wow. You're like Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta try this fruits and vegetables diet. <laughs> <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown over here. <laughs> good for the synapses. <laughs> So end of Monroe's term, um, we're kind of reaching the end of our founding fathers. There is no one else that can still run on, hey, guys, I founded this country. Um, The Jeffersons, the Madisons, the Adams. Um, So this is the first opportunity people have to come onto the scene and sort of define themselves as new candidates, new people, new people you should be interested in. Um, So 
that is, uh, and I mean, they all have varying perspectives on how strong the federal government should be, but pretty much in this era of good feeling, everybody is of similar mind of what domestic policy should be like and what international policy should be like. Um, so um, seeing as how they're all in one party, um, we have four candidates in this race in 1824. Um, Wait, so America was a one-party system? Yeah. The, the, there was a collapse of a Federalist Party after the War of 1812 to where there was just only the Democratic-Republican Party. Oh, so it's just like today where it's just basically one party. Okay. <laughs> okay. doesn't matter no. who we elect. John Ossoff <laughs> is going to turn the tide. <laughs> so um, these are four candidates, all from the Democratic-Republican Party. So it's just you, you hear both terms, but it all started as this one holistic party. Four people running, one of them, Henry Clay, House of Representative, uh, the the Speaker of the House, um, some guy named Crawford, who sort of irrelevant, and then we have John Quincy Adams, you might be familiar with. He uh, his dad was the second president of the United States. Um, he is probably one of the, at that time he is the most credentialed person running for office ever. He was a representative, a senator. He was go on, Nick. The he was he also the wife of a president. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good good poll for modern day. Um, what? Hillary Clinton. It's a Hillary Clinton reference. People refer to Hillary Clinton as the most prepared. Oh, person. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad Jason gonna... appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, I could follow it pretty heavily. That was... Yeah, that was a weird joke. Right. <laughs> Perfect. So former... <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Former senator, former representative, son of a president. He's the uh, he helped. He was the ambassador to Russia, the ambassador to the UK. He is the current Secretary of State at the time as he's running. He crafted the Cre Treaty of Ghent, which got the United States out of the War of eighteen twelve. Um, so, so there's like five people in the federal government, and they just like, <laughs> it was this guy. Yeah, I mean, like, jobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like you do everything now. Yeah, <laughs> the dude was. I mean, so he was. He had the Jared Kushner role. <laughs> yeah, he did everything. Uh, nice. That was a good job. That was, yeah, that was on good. point. <laughs> and then uh, fourth candidate is Andrew Jackson. He's a famed military hero from the War of 1812, um, representative from Tennessee, former governor of the Florida Territories. He's a famed Indian killer, um, self-made man. But people actually were in – I know Sanchez uh, – sorry. I know Alex is laughing here, but – being an Indian killer was actually a plus one in your column at that time if you're running for office. All right. Well, and if you're uh, a divisional opponent of the Cleveland Indians. And <laughs> so eight, uh, election of 1824 comes, results come in, these four candidates running, um, comes down and there are, uh, Jackson gets the majority, um, I'm sorry, the plurality of 99 electoral votes. Adams comes in a close second. Um, followed by Crawford, which means the Speaker of the House out of the race. So we need to... I mean, we have instant runoff at this time, so we... Right? Well, we should actually go to check out the yeah, 12th they, they Amendment. They ranked choice voting. <laughs> well, well, Nick, you a few, few episodes back, you actually looked up the 12th Amendment of the Constitution, which actually defined the way in which mm -hmm. races... Don't ask him what it is. ...presidents are chosen <laughs> if there is a, not a majority win. Don't remember? No. Oh, you got to pull that out. So you, what you do is pull from the top three. You, you keep the top three. So that person that came in fourth, the Speaker of the House, is tossed aside. And then the House of Representatives chooses who's going to win. Oh. So. It's like the DNC primary. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the spe- as I mentioned, the Speaker of the House is out of it. So the Speaker of the House really wants to be president. So what he says is he goes up to John Quincy Adams saying like, hey, man, I will deliver you the House if you make me Secretary of State. And, and who cares? Like Secretary of State, who cares? That's the path to the White House, to the presidency in that time. Like if you're Secretary of State, you've got an inside route. Exactly. Every single president except Washington and Adams were Secretary of State before they became president. So they knew that this was the stepping stone. So those votes are delivered and John Quincy Adams becomes president and Clay becomes secretary of state. Hmm. So enter. Now we get into the real crazy campaigns of 1828 is the one we're here to talk about. Jackson is pissed. Jackson comes back. God, yes. He is up for a rematch. He calls it a corrupt bargain. Um, And he publicly damns Clay, the speaker of the house saying he is the quote Judas of the West and has closed the contract and will receive the 30 pence of silver and will reach similar ends. What is the West? I guess Judas is Judas, Judas of the East. Like yeah. the East? It all happened over in the, it all happened over in, uh, on that yeah. other continent. All right. Yeah. So the West America like is the West. Ohio at this point? <laughs> yeah. no, is, that, like, is that what no, the West is at this point? No, it's like yeah. just Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> no, America is the West. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, it's a very poor uh, yeah. metaphor, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not until Bob Dylan played All Electric at Newport did uh, you know, that, that term get redefined. <laughs> or Lord of the Rings, in which he... Never mind, cut that. Yes, <laughs> it's going to go on a deep nerd you cut. cut that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the one Lord of the Rings guy is like... <laughs> 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 so he, immediately after losing, goes into rematch territory... And what he does is goes out and finds one of the most brilliant political minds of the time, Martin Van Buren. And ah, the little Dutchman. Close. Was he, he a president? N- yeah. Eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Oh. But he goes out and pulls out this famed political consultant. And does anybody remember Carl Rove's nickname as being a, uh, a political uh, uh, yes. uh, mind that Tur- George Bush called him? Turd Muffin? Turd Blossom. Yes! Turd Blossom, because he could make <laughs> the crappiest turd look like a little flower based on how good he was. And if you work for George Bush, that's how you get named. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Simpler times, hearkening back for the Bush, <laughs> the Bush nickname years. Yeah. But let's go back to the... Uh, Jackson nickname years, Van Buren was called the Little Magician. Oh, the Little Magician. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because this guy was the master of spin, kind of like he brought him on to figure out, hey, help make me into a figure that will get be elected by everybody. He was also the only U.S. president whose first language was not English. Boom. Right. There. Van Buren? <laughs> yeah, Dutch. Ah, good oh. to know. Yeah. So at that time, presidential candidates themselves didn't campaign. They had surrogates. So Van Buren gets parades organized, rallies organized, and then simultaneously in Congress, opponents are shutting down everything John Quincy Adams pushes forward. So basically, Quincy Adams becomes um, a do-nothing, unaccomplished president while rallies and things are going out um, in support of Jackson. Now, in the 1820s... Wait, but everyone's still all Democratic Republicans. Correct. Oh. But in 1824, um, the people who could vote were white landowning males. Between 1824 and 1828, a movement kicks off saying, you no longer have to have property to be able to vote. You still have to be white. You still have to be male. Nope. But uh, not on board. But there's move afoot because um, with industry changing, they realizes, no, you don't have to be an agrarian farmer and being because you're the only one who produces. You're the only one whose voice counts. There's new types of industry. There's banking. There's industry. So basically anybody can vote provided you are white and male. 
which means the amount of people who can vote go from 3% of the population to 9% of the United States population <laughs> at that time. <laughs> Wait a minute. 9% of the population was white men? Yeah. Wait, Wait. no. No, no. That's well, over, over a certain age and... Right. Yeah, you got to be 18. You got, or or I, I could have been 21 at the time. Probably, yeah. um, but uh, so the population that becomes eligible eligible to vote goes way up, like a million more people. So I maybe, guess if you count Native Americans, maybe. Yeah. No, this doesn't make sense. And it's a half-sized country. Yeah. And so that it, wouldn't have it, slaves, slaves are included. Women are included. Children are included. And yeah. um, men. can't vote, huh? right? Immigrants, immigrants can't vote. No. Correct. And, oh, it's, uh, but it's 1820. So like, yeah, there's, everyone's an immigrant. Maybe. I don't know. What's an immigrant? Someone who's not a citizen? There's more than 9% are white men in America well, over the age of 21. Carlo cannot accept that. No, I can't. No, I'll, I'll get and release it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sticking with 9%. I think you're fine with 9%. Perfect. Uh, Thank I you. like that. Is that. I'm part of the 9%. I like that. <laughs> 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 Don't even laugh. That'll be a thing in like two weeks. I know, right? right? Trump guys, nine percent like patch. Or oh God. Um, so Van Buren um, begins creating, trying to create celebrity through the press. He realizes with the rise of more and more printed pressing, print, printing presses going out, he starts pushing nicknames. So uh, Andrew Jackson is the first ever presidential candidate with a nickname, uh, Old Hickory. Um, dude's tough as nails. Walks with a hickory stick. And uh, the men in army that he served with um, called him Old Hickory because of how tough he was. So using that, trying to sell the idea of a self-made, newly empowered man, he's selling that to all those 6% who now get to vote, saying like, hey, all you guys who were disenfranchised before, you too can be self-made. You should see yourself in Andrew Jackson. 6% is the difference between 9% and 3%. Math whiz, Nick. Thank you. What? (laughs) Jason, give me your, your political lens on Old Hickory. What do you think? As I mean, there's something about the bravado that people like. People like that. It, there's something about that mystique and that, you know, uh, manifest destiny. I mean, Old I think Hickory. I'd like a little more like zazz, but yeah, I guess it works. It sounds like a beef jerky <laughs> flavor or something like that. But I mean, like today, I mean, Trump, I think, had a lot of success when he was Lion Ted, Lil Marco. Yeah. Lion Hillary and all that shit. So like the Gipper. Yeah. Well, (laughs) how about um, Martin Van Buren, the old public functionary? Ooh. Yes. Yes. Smooth. No. No. I definitely like the little magician much more. (laughs) Little magician is eventually Van Buren. (laughs) Sorry. The old public. Public. Functionary. That would not make it up. Oh, <laughs> get me some stationery. No. Yeah. At the top, I want that. Yeah, I will. Was don't, he old or just he got tagged as being he's, old? He's, uh, I, I do not know how old. <laughs> I don't know if age anything to do with it. Um, so further, Jackson and Van Buren decide, you know what? This Democratic-Republican system where we have these entrenched corrupt interests, I'm creating my new party. It's called the Democrat Party, and it is the party of you, the people. Democratic Party. That's right. So yes, I think yes, you can call him Democratic as well. Uh, oh, I totally, totally blanked on his name. The uh, Indian uh, conservative apologist. Oh, Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. <clears throat> so <laughs> someone should tell Dinesh D'Souza about this because I've been led to believe that. 
Right? I you guys never saw his fucking movie. Oh, never mind. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Who the fuck saw that movie? All right. Yeah. Uh, Hillary's America <laughs> was the political movie to watch of that year. Oh, it was very clearly spelled out that the Democrats were responsible for every yeah. horrible thing that America ever did, even before it was a real party. <laughs> Convicted felon. And starting with Andrew Jackson, by the way. All right. Oh, yeah. He was the first Democrat. Yeah. This is it. This okay. is the rise of the Democrats. This is the uh, origin story. The mm-hmm. Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so at the time, um, we're so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're so Let's pull quote. We just need a rebrand. I think. <laughs> so, um, so Jackson already had a name following um, the War of eighteen twelve. Jackson was already the most famous general since George Washington in the uh, military victory he achieved there. Um, so selling the concept of an orphan who became a military leader who sort of made himself man of the he- man of the people, um, it was I mean it was it was well received. Um, people uh, the, the the connections he had with the press were just eating it up. Um, but this was a campaign where dirty. Dirty tactics where they actually turn their focus to personal issues rather than policy issues um, really, really stole the day. Um, the one issue they really focused on was tariffs. And if everybody around the table wants me to go into tariffs right now, raise your hand. No hands. So I will skip past tariffs. It's too bad because never mind. It's not interesting at all. It's not interesting at all. So, but personal attack. Let's get to those. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, gentle listener. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes glazed over just as I said, te. Yeah. Tell me uh, about his dick, Dan. <laughs> all right. Here we Old go. hickory. Let's all hear right. more about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so um, let's first focus on uh, Adams decides to take down Jackson a peg, sends an opposition researcher out to Jackson's wife's oh, hometown. Shit. So like, you find me some dirt on, on this is the rise of opposition research. So he says, find me some dirt. So what he does, goes out, starts asking questions. What he finds, he sends a little note, sends it to the, uh, the newspaper in the front page of the Cincinnati newspaper at the time, says that Andrew Jackson's wife, Rachel, was an adulteress. She had been previously married, but decided to run off with Andrew Jackson, never get divorced, and then married him, which made her a bigamist and him an adulterer. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so low blow, but I can see the mailer right now. I know I'm writing the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out to be true. Oh. Turned out to be true, but she had an abusive husband and fled. And all this happened 40 years ago, so they figured, like, who cares? And Andrew Jackson had actually no idea that she hadn't gotten divorced. Um, That's but, a tough uh, dinner. That's a tough dinner. It was whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Um, they, were, they, they just kept going after his wife. Um, Carla, will Did you? Did she go to jail? Uh, that's no, bigamy. No, that's bigamy. Maybe, that's maybe statute of limitations. Maybe you can read this, um, this, this quote here, Carlo, about what they um, call, like, decided to bring his wife into the, the mix. Uh, so should I do it in my like TV commercial voice or uh... your newspaper columnist voice? <laughs> what? You're, you're... What is that? Okay, oh, his whatever. wife. <laughs> extra, 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 extra. <laughs> his wife was also called a coarse-looking, stout little old woman, whom oh. you might easily mistake for his washerwoman if it were not for the market attention he pays her. Ugh. Just oh, taking brutal. down spousal, and like he loved her so much. So like it was like the amount of. Uh, he took that so personally. But she did do his laundry, though. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, and I'm really glad we evolved out of that sexism yeah, right. in politics. <laughs> really, a woman's appearance never comes up. No. It's yeah, cool that our, our campaigns now are just um, policy papers yep. that are submitted. And the, yeah, yep. where they just talk about <laughs> tariffs, and that's all we talked about last election. Comparing resumes. <laughs> yep. uh, maybe we should call out his dead mother. Uh, Andrew Jackson's dead mother. Uh, or what maybe call she her a. Done? She's a common prostitute brought to this country. <laughs> <laughs> brought to this country by the British soldiers. Um, and uh, also, whose service she married a mulatto man, all caps, oh. with oh. whom she had several children, one of which was General Jackson. Um, unclear whether that was true, but it really doesn't matter, but it's just terrible that they're just like really just going after every relative that he has. Um, Adam starts putting out these little, they're called coffin notes, where he just draws six little coffins and then sends them out to people saying, these are these six people, these are the six men under Jackson's command in the War of 1812 that he killed for desertion. This is like Clinton, right? No, she's a killer, yeah. Wow. Uh, Trail of bodies. (laughs) I don't know if it was six, but it is certain that some of them are true. Like, he, he did kill a number of his men. For um, desertion. For desertion or trying to keep them in line. One guy got into a tussle, but he felt he needed to send a message to the rest of his men who were very, uh, they're not, they didn't really listen to him. So I got to kill a guy for an exa- for, as an example. Sounds like a sociopath. Yeah. No, he is. He's crazy. He's, he's a nut. Like, he, it, he. Well, you don't win wars by not killing people. So Adams is doing the right thing. Yeah, like what? So let's let's switch it over to attacks on Adams. I'm not anti-Jackson yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not sold. Yeah. Um, Jackson really understood the the news media. Sent like whenever he found something, he'd send clippings along to to people to send it to the press. So said like you know Adams. He brought classic retweets. <laughs> yeah. He uh, Adams went out and bought gambling supplies and using public dollars and put them in the White House. And use that your money to go about doing the vice of gambling, hmm. but it turns out he actually used his own money, and it was a pool table and chessboard. This uh, is politics is exactly the same. This <laughs> is all the same bullshit. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, maybe gambling's not quite at the yeah, the vice. Of, yeah, the mortal <laughs> sin the that we use of public funds. That uh, you know. Stout women are. I guess. <laughs> that's an enduring. It's a kiss of death. Yeah, that's an enduring insult. Jackson's people threw it out there that uh, when when uh, John Quincy Adams was ambassador to Russia, he tried to curry favor by bringing along a young American virgin girl and gave it to the czar uh, for to for for his pleasure. Is this true? Or? Absolutely not. Okay. No, no it's like no, it was, I don't know. Turns out he really was yeah. like an adulterer. It totally could have been absolutely, but I actually <laughs> dig deep to actually find that no, uh, the, the, the 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 czar just wanted to have a conversation with somebody who expressed interest in him, mm-hmm. and, and not a virgin. That's the. I, I, I don't know. No, well, it's his prostitute dead grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, going back to Jackson. Uh, uh, in, in those little pamphlets that had the little coffins on it, uh, Adam said Jackson was a cannibal who ate Native American corpses. Oh. I can't, That's true. I cannot. I do not. I do not know. I can't, we can't debunk that one. I, I, I can't. Short of a time machine, I do not know if that was true or not. If you're denying being a cannibal, you've already lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> already lost. Right. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, well, I, he does. Ha- he is America's first cannibal president. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I like him so much. That's why he's a yeah. hero. 
So it just it just goes back and forth through this just disgusting campaign where Adams becomes so upset with how things are going. Like from August through the election day, he just stops writing in his journal, being like, "I just can't take this anymore. I don't want to document any of this or remember any of this." Well, I like how like Adams is also for the most part or whatever we know like truthful. So it's like he's yeah. like trying to like. Ne- like wage a negative campaign but all of his facts like turned out to be true so it's right. kind of like oh well yeah so it's like somebody spitting falsities throughout the duration of a campaign and nobody really paying attention and then somebody who's actually <laughs> maybe the most credentialed person you've ever seen <laughs> and trying to keep things mostly for the uh, things on the up and up yeah. I don't I don't Not like believable. him though I just Not don't believable. like his I don't like him in my gut <laughs> I don't like him um, so it just became this war between this Every man commoner uh, of the people and then this aristocratic, out of touch, yet credentialed. Um, so Adams, I mean, like he was just all about like, no, this is how you are supposed to be president. This is what's important. So he sends out this message that like <laughs> Jackson misspells words all the time, like spelling Congress <laughs> with a K or misspelling Ooh. government. So Donald this- Trump's tweets. You can't tweet well. <laughs> no. Okay, we really are part of an alien program, right? This yes. is SimCities, because it's just all happening. <laughs> On repeat. Yeah. It's the Matrix. No, right. Then Elon Musk is, is right. Just, yeah, circle. yeah. Restart, restart, yeah. So, but Jackson was like, well, yeah, George Washington also misspelled words, so who cares? And so, and then he created a campaign slogan, and he put it out and decided no, to run on it. No. Vote for Andrew Jackson, who can fight, not John Quincy Adams, who can write. Oh, that's good. And average people were like, yeah, me neither. I don't care about writing. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to spell and I want to vote for that guy. That is, that's good. So by then, Andrew, I mean, so by then Adams just sees the writing on the wall and he's like, I think I'm, I think I'm done. So, yeah, and it's true. He, uh, Jackson wipes him out, wins a solid electoral and popular vote majority. Um, becomes America's seventh president. That part didn't get reviewed. The popular vote, that didn't just happen in the 2016 race. Right. Trump lost the popular yeah. vote. Okay, yeah. But, just, uh, but, uh, but everything else is the same. But first time around, in 1824, when he ran that first time, he won the popular vote. Just not a plur- He just got a plurality, not the majority. Um, and he also won a majority of the Electoral College, just not – he just did not reach that halfway point, which is necessary to be able to win. Um, three days after winning, um, just after his wife, Rachel, bought her Inauguration Day gown. Um, she had a heart attack. She was the love of his life. Um, he forgave everybody who slammed her in the campaign, but never forgave the people who went after her. So unlike Ted Cruz, who kissed the ring. Oh. Yeah. yeah. After his dad yeah. is... After, is, is he's At the Zodiac least, Killer? Yes. His yeah. dad is the Zodiac No, no, but... Killer. And then he also said his wife was ugly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And alleged some... If it, it, something scandalous. He's like, I'll, I'll spill the beans on... Jesus. I forgot how nasty yes. that was. Yeah. His dad killed JFK. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, right. Oh. that's what Trump said. Yes. Ted Cruz's dad yes. did. <laughs> but uh, so... so <laughs> now he votes for everything he does. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a piece of shit, Ted Cruz. Ugh. All right. It's no shame. So, yeah, he, he just held on to, like, the people who trashed his wife. And, like, so he said, like, may God Almighty forgive the murderers. As I know she forgave them, I never can. So he just lives with, just with a vengeance for everybody who, who, who went after him. After the election, he refused to even meet with Adams, as you typically do, your predecessor, like your, your successor, to say, like, hey, teach mm-hmm. me some lessons. Adams refuses to go to his inauguration. Um, and then when um, 
they host a huge party at the White House to celebrate like, yeah, I won. And saying like, I'm opening it to the public because I'm of you, the public. 15,000 people converge on the White House, storm inside. Dude gets like pinned against the walls and they trash everything. The rugs are stolen. Vases are knocked over. And the only way he can get people to leave is to get the rum punch bowls and just put them out on the lawn. <laughs> and everybody followed. Oh that's your inauguration day parties. Awesome. So it wasn't the Canadians that destroyed the White House in the <laughs> yes, War of 1812. Yeah. This is a, a fucking fly-ass party. <laughs> <laughs> so guess who he makes Secretary of State? That important position. Martin Van Buren. Uh, Boom. Whoa! Little, little magician. And Stepping stone position. Right? And who yeah. becomes president after Jackson? Martin MVB. Van Buren. Martin Van Buren. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the stepping stone. So, basically, if you are Secretary of State and running for president, there's no way you can lose, is the lesson that I'm taking away to modern day. Oh, hey. So, after. It's so raw. It's so raw. It's too soon. It is so raw. God. <laughs> Note to listeners, Jason just took a big swig. <laughs> <laughs> Can't process it. So this is the the sort of rise of Jacksonian democracy. And it, it becomes like from there, um, the split begins of um, Democrats and Republicans. The Republicans eventually become the Whig Party and then back again. Um, but... Um, the Jacksonian democracy of giving greater voice for the common man and the Republicans being more of the aristocratic elite and a stronger federal government system versus the weaker federal government system becomes an ongoing debate and it sort of works its way through um, up until the Civil War. And uh, as we know um, from President Trump, uh, uh, it was Andrew Jackson who could have stopped that Civil War had he had the opportunity, but he just uh, served, <laughs> too, right. served too late. That's yeah. right. But uh, this this oh it's <laughs> totally not true. We'll get into that in a future app because I really want to talk more about Jackson. Um, but it is the rise of the two party system, the rise of dirty campaigning, um, how we handle our credentialed candidates using news media um, to uh, presidential uh, candidates um, advantage um, and uh, taking spouses into account. Um, it is the also the beginning of like it's the guy uh, it's the presidential candidate I want to have a beer with. Um, that, 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 that sort of is the, is the Jackson beginning. Um, so Jackson get reelected. He did. He served eight years. Um, day after, um, super hardening for us. The Jackson gets eight years. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, 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 he gets very ambitious. Um, but, uh, a lot of his goal, like some of his goals are reached, like moving all Indians West of the Mississippi river. Um, he manages to do that happens during his term and then two years after, um, he focuses on, uh, lowering the national debt. Um, hmm. you guys notice he's on the $20 bill nowadays. Yeah. What a piece Did of he shit. Create the $20 bill. No. Oh. Um, so at the time there is, um, a federal, uh, like a one, one United States bank that sort of controls the currency, controls the banking system. But he did, he thinks that these guys are corrupt and they're out to get me and they will finance my, uh, finance me against me for my reelection. So I am abolishing it. And private banks go nuts. So there's about yeah, 10 million in currency out at the time. 
in about five years, the amount of currency goes from 10 million because private banks can then begin printing their own money to 147 million. <laughs> so that hurts the working class, but it also hurts the entire economy and it cripples it for about a decade. So his banking policies basically crippled the United States. So I still cannot get to the bottom of why this dude is on the 20. Can you imagine... You, I, I can't imagine Trump doing literally the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's totally it. with it. Yeah, he's absolutely that petty. Being like, uh, the Federal Reserve is now Goldman Sachs. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you, no. you guys going to do an uplifting episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's not about murder right, and death and Donald Trump and Andrew Jackson. These uh, are dark times. These are dark times. I guess this uh, is Yeah, Dan, Dan is feverishly researching the history of Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Carlo and I have been talking about ice cream wars, yeah. about Baskin Robbins versus Cold Stone. That's a fun one. We do an episode about Domino's versus Pizza Hut. Ooh. Yeah. that is a true... Well, I'm taking the hut. Pizza Hut. <laughs> well, you're going to lose in the long run. <laughs> Pick got your bad side, news for baby. you, sir. <laughs> so, uh, wrapping it up here, he surfed for eight years, and the day after um, Van Buren, uh, our little magician, was elected president, um, Jackson was asked, hey, did you have any regrets in those eight years you served as president? He said, only one. Oh, I feel like this is going to be good. That I didn't shoot Henry Clay and that I didn't hang John C. Calhoun, <laughs> who was his vice president <laughs> for those years. What? And we will get into that story Whoa. next time. Oh, well, he had two regrets. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a good writer. Come on, <laughs> He was a fighter. He wasn't good at math. Well, apparently, either. he wasn't a good fighter either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude was crazy fighter. He went into so many duels. Well, his he, only regret is not killing oh, his right, closest. Those, <laughs> oh, he had the chance. Oh, he was in a duel. He put his gun up. The guy, other guy, shot first, lodged in his gut. He just glanced down at it because he was being a tough guy. He then puts his in duels. You're supposed to shoot above them just to show that like. We, we've done the honorable thing and missed, but because the first guy hit him, he spots, shoots him, shoots him square in the chest, kills him dead. Jackson lives the rest of his life with that bullet lodged in him. And this dude is just tough as nits. I, I think the point of duels is to kill the other guy, though. No, no, it's for honor. It's, <laughs> okay. not to, it's not to wipe out the other guy. It's mostly to say, like, I'm the better man. Huh. Um, so when you see duels result in death, it's the odd thing. I would have won, won a lot of duels. <laughs> well, Carlo, it depends who shoots first. <laughs> right. So, old hickory. Old, yeah, <laughs> no, piece of shit. But uh, it makes me feel better about the current administration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like we've been here before. No need to get depressed, guys. We'll make it through these four years or eight. <laughs> Sorry, guys, to bring you down for the d- cold dose of reality that's possible. Uh, and, crazy inflation that will destroy geez. all of our home values. President, yeah, but we're gonna make through it. We're who's the second? Is Tillerson the Secretary of State? Oh, yes. uh, yeah, so President Tillerson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait for that. The big magician. The big <laughs> magician. Rex. Yeah, so crazy campaigns, guys. So it's uh, part two, but I mean, there's a lot of fun, crazy campaign stories. So we can easily do a part threes and fours in the future, but we'll take a break, shift on to different topics for the meantime, but uh, we could be back. Sweet. Jason, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. Two episodes. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So uh, don't forget to rate us on iTunes, subscribe, uh, check out us on Twitter at ConfluencePod. Um, we are very active there. One of four of us will try to get back to you if you decide to harangue us with questions or telling us how great we are. Um, we're always into hearing that. You want to plug anything? 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Jason C. Bennett or on my website, argostrategies.com. Thanks so much, guys. Cool, guys. We will see you next time. Bye.